Hello, I'm Paul Phillips, the Director of Event Content Development for ISACA, and welcome to this interview. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Linda Tilova. She is the head of the Privacy Center of Excellence for One Trust. So I want to welcome Linda to the conversation. Welcome, Linda. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. Hello, thank you for being here today. So I know, where are you located currently? So I'm based just outside of London, uh, where we have one of our offices. So yeah, just outside London. I'm afraid not amazing weather right now. <laughs> yeah. Same here, same here. I know there's a several hour time difference between the two of us. So I am so glad you had the uh, time to join us. Today we want to really talk about building a privacy compliance program. I want to first start out by just giving us a little bit more background about yourself and your position. No, absolutely. Uh, very happy to deep dive into it. Uh, so I am a lawyer by background for <laughs> better or worse. Mm -hmm. I have been uh, working with OneTrust as a privacy professional and uh, later on also as a DPO for the company globally. My role in OneTrust is sort of twofold. I'm responsible for our internal privacy compliance and the program on relating to it globally. I oversee a team of of privacy lawyers who are also uh, researching the key regulatory developments and building a lot of features and content and deliver feedback to the company regarding those key regulatory drivers and how we want to take these on to facilitate the compliance through the Wonders software. As I was progressing through my career, I think I was more and more getting into the sphere of privacy, but I have I think over eight years now uh, experience just focusing specifically on privacy through, as I said, more of an in-house counsel position, which is something I've been doing in OneTrust, uh, as well as in-house position within a highly regulated industry of a telco and lottery business, uh, as well as a career in judiciary when I was assistant to the judge at Supreme Administrative Court in the Czech Republic, where we were reviewing some of the DPA decisions. So really kind of a mixed, <laughs> mixed experience. But I think what is the common theme across all of these areas is that privacy is something that I'm very passionate about because it is one of those areas that you can pursue and have a very clear mission statement of how it improves the lives of ordinary people, the ordinary individuals and data subjects, while also working within the business to make a very tangible and immediate decisions on these things. So that's what I was really keen on, having the touch and the impact within the private sector to improve the privacy and really have the bigger impact uh, across a lot of individuals. Wow. Wow. It sounds like a, an exciting job and a, a big job. I know that privacy regulations are seem to be popping up all the time all over the world. So I know that you and your team stay busy. So Linda, the first question that I have for you is, what are some of the key components of an effective privacy compliance program? I know there's probably many, but maybe give us two or three. Right. Now, that's a really good question, Paul. And I think, as you say, 
the caveat of this is that there's always quite a few components for us as privacy professionals to focus on. So I would argue that the biggest component for us to be aware of is to be able to strike a very right balance between the operational and more of a tactical elements of our privacy compliance program and the strategic. And what I mean by that is that every time, whenever, wherever you're running a privacy program, you'll always have to be putting out fires, so to speak. So you'll have to be able to respond in a very agile way to a new privacy complaint or a privacy incident or a new regulation coming out, as we spoke about it earlier. So those would be the more tactical elements of the program that you need to be able to support. But at the side of this, you shouldn't be losing sight of the strategic side of the program, which is how do we mature the program over time? What are some of our longer term priorities of uh, maybe automating the program more or digging deeper on some of the requirements? So striking the right balance in between these two elements is one of the pivotal parts in my mind for the privacy program. And the other one I would highlight is being able to understand what's happening with the program. So having really good metrics and reporting set up around the program, understanding what are some of the key elements that you want to be tracking and how are you going to communicate the story and the mission of the program internally as well as to external stakeholders. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds great. So what, what I think I heard is one, striking a balance between being strategic versus being operational and tactical and make sure that you're being effective, in my own words, on a daily basis, right? And efficient as well, uh, but also automating when and where possible, right, is, uh, is one of the things that you mentioned there. And then just making sure that you are clear on the objectives of your program, right? So that's yes. already really, really very, very helpful. So, so I'm sure you've been involved in a lot of implementations. Right? I've been involved yeah. in the past with trying to implement information security program, and it's for very large companies, and it's not, it's not an easy task. So uh, why don't you talk to us about some of the challenges of, of the typical challenges companies uh, face when attempting to implement a privacy compliance program or maintaining a privacy compliance program? Right. I would say the biggest challenge is trying to do too much in a very short time frame. So very often you find that to implementing or scaling out privacy program, you have some external compelling factors. For example, a new regulation is being passed. So we know that there is a bunch of new laws which have been passed in the US, such as California, Virginia, Utah, Connecticut, Aquico. But uh, these are often some of the external drivers that are pushing the businesses to move into um, either creating or broadening their privacy program. And very often they look at the laws and they are like, OK, we need to get this done and we need to get this done in the next two months and go, which obviously is not something we can do. It's not very sustainable. So I think one of the challenges is for us uh, to be able to take a step back and uh, to introduce a phased approach in terms of maturing the privacy program. So being able to separate out the things which are absolute must-have 
which need to be implemented as a priority or which are baseline to something that you need to be uh, building on later on. So for example, tracking your data, understanding your data flows, which business functions rely on which data, I would argue is the foundation to pretty much any types of privacy compliance program. And you could definitely dig deeper on that one alone uh, and always find new layers. But having, a, let's say, a solid foundation there would be a phase one approach. And then phase two approach could be focusing on things such as consent. And then maybe phase three approach would be being able to support uh, maybe more complex privacy requests or having better privacy by design uh, strategies and moving towards really elevating the program from, let's say, the checkbox kind of, we have something on papers, but something different in reality approach towards more of the enforcement and real life kind of living and breathing, embracing by other business functions type of program. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's very interesting. So so I warned you earlier that I would probably go off script. So here I go. <laughs> so uh, is it absolutely essential? So we, we, I mentioned working for big companies, but a lot of our members work for organizations that are small to medium and they have limited resources. So my question is, is it absolutely essential and is it a requirement maybe for GDPR to actually have a fully functional privacy compliance program? So this is probably a multi-layered question. And <laughs> if not, if not, what is what is the your recommendation? What's the approach? Who should be involved if you don't have a privacy compliance program? Who should be responsible responsible for at least being in compliance with the regulations? Hopefully that made sense to you. It does. And it's a really good question. So I would definitely agree with the proposal that for SME type of businesses, we're not looking to create like a humongous privacy program that would be doing everything 110%. I think that's definitely not the idea. It should be in proportion to the scale of the business, to the scale of the operations which are happening with the personal information. So I think that's definitely something that's ingrained in the GDPR. And you already see that some of the requirements under the GDPR, as well as some other global privacy laws, are differentiating between the scope of the processing by the business, also the sensitivity of the data that is being processed is part of the assessments in terms of how much we need to be doing with our privacy program. So I take your point 100% that we don't need to go kill a mosquito with a bazooka. There's definitely ways that we could uh, enact privacy programs on a shoestring budget with few people. Definitely, as you're alluding to it, Paul, one of the ways to do so is to have allies or privacy champions, name them as you wish. But it's the idea that privacy should not be sitting on the shoulders of one poor, tortured privacy professional. But it is the idea that you're finding allies and also accountability across the business for different operations. So 
very often we see this alliance coming up with people on the security teams or legal teams or even finance teams, uh, dare I say, even marketing teams. So there are definitely ways that you can also distribute uh, some of the tasks, especially for the smaller and mid-sized businesses across the business itself so that you are there more in, I would say, program manager role rather than the person who writes down their to-do list and then goes on to complete all of it themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I see a comment from someone that says, agree that privacy compliance is a continuous effort and not a one-shot item. So I see you're nodding your head. You want it's fair to expound on that? Absolutely. I love that comment and I would agree with it 100%. I think that's one part that we as privacy professionals need to communicate to the board and to the business more broadly that it's not a thing you can achieve as a one-off goal but you will be continuously building upon that foundation that you might have reached and going beyond it. So uh, to my earlier example, maybe you have been able to put together an Excel sheet with records of processing of uh, specific activities which are happening across the business. Well, for one, you need to be able to always maintain it and keep it evergreen. So that's job in on its own. But maybe the other thing you want to be doing is, as we spoke about it, Paul, earlier, you might want to automate some of the updates. So it's not just you rushing in to update that Excel sheet, but you might want to have automatic updates, maybe based on the updates that you see from your procurement software happening. So you know that maybe, oh, we've stopped working with this vendor, so I no longer need to worry about them in my records. Or we've onboarded a new vendor. Okay, they need to be in my records. So there's always more maturity to be sought in the privacy program. And I think the ultimate goal or or the horizon that I'm seeking, at least personally, is to elevate it through privacy by design and transparency principles towards something that is a real contributor to the business. Because I think that's the idea or the allure that we have all been sort of buying into, that privacy is not here as a cost center or as a blocker to a business, but as an enabler to the business. And I feel like there is definitely a way for us to do it in aligning with the broader business goals. And I think the biggest one is let's build trust, build trust with our employees and build trust with our customers. And how do we do it? Well, to begin with, we need to be transparent. We need to have data about individuals that we can rely on and we need to be able to give them the options and the choice on whether they want to give us more data or whether they want to take the data away more and more things like that, which you actually find are based in our realm in privacy. So I think that's the ultimate goal of maturity. It's never ending process. And in my mind, at least the horizon that I'm aiming for in this marathon is to build trust for the key stakeholders between them and the business through privacy. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Linda, because Isaka, I'm sure you've heard you know, our new strategy is digital trust and privacy is just one of those very important components of the whole digital trust strategy and concept, along with security and audit. But you must be able to build trust with your customers and with your employees as well. Well, let's talk about 
building trust with the uh, board of directors and senior management. And what I mean by that, many times when we're attempting to build uh, programs or implement programs, of course, everything costs money, time, and energy. And sometimes privacy is viewed as, to use your word, as a blocker to the business. So having said all of that, what are some of your uh, recommendations for attempting to gain support from the board of directors and maybe senior management in order to implement a privacy compliance program when there's some of those thoughts out there about there's no trust, it's going to cost money, it's going to slow down the business. What would you recommend? This is definitely a topic I could talk about it for hours, and I might. But to boil it down, I would say there are two points to this story. One of them is, as I mentioned, in order to effectively argue for more buy-in from the business, for more resources, for any kind of assistance, you need to have a very firm grasp of what's happening with the program. What are the gaps you're trying to solve for? What is the progress you have made thanks to additional budgeting? So that's where the metrics and the efficient reporting on your program is going to come very, very handy. The other side of the story is, okay, now I have the reports. I understand that you know, if I automate these tasks, we might end up saving money because I no longer have 10 people manually completing three uh, privacy requests. I might have uh, the software automation doing it, but I need that money. How do I go about that? And that's where I think the other part comes in, where we need to be able to build alliances. So the board is composed of different business functions. Each of them have their own goals and have their own KPIs that they're looking to accomplish. My recommendation is to tap into those KPIs and see if there's anything from privacy perspective that we can do to facilitate and to help out. So in this example, when we're, for example, trying to get budget for automation of privacy requests, maybe it taps into something that our marketing team has been trying to achieve, which is a better understanding and holistic approach towards customers, towards uh, internal functions in terms of having a better functional relationship with them so that they can give the marketing team more data willingly. I think that's one part that marketing is always seeking, that meaningful connection and very in-depth understanding of what's happening with the customers. Well, the flip side of this is you can never ever achieve it if you don't give those people transparency and you don't give them the options to access their data or to seek, uh, for example, correction of the data or potentially deletion of the data if they're unhappy with the relationship. So I feel like if we position ourselves as the allies of those key people sitting in the board through their goals, we can get a buy-in for what our mission is as well. I love it. I love it. Very good. Got a question here in the chat. It says, what are your thoughts on adopting ISO 27701 as the foundation of your DPP program and then addressing the specific differences between regulations at a local level? Oh, I love that question. Uh, so very much in favor of uh, adopting ISO 2701. In fact, our business, we have been the first ones globally who have adopted that certificate. So yeah, sorry, just had, had to pat my, my shoulder there. But no, it was the, it was the teamwork. 
100%. But I think the reason why I'm very much advocating for it is that it maps out to the broader ISO security standard 27001. So for those who are not aware, in order for you to achieve the privacy one, the 27701, you need to, as a business, already have in place the security ISO 27001, which is like probably the widest adopted uh, ISO standard out, out there. And the chances are that your security team is already either certified under that standard or looking at certifying under it. So from my perspective, this is such a good win for the privacy team because they can attach themselves to an existing initiative and uh, dare I say existing budget of the security team. And uh, it really helps both parties to save some of the effort and the legwork in collecting evidence because there's lots of crossroads in terms of ISO uh, 27701 as an extension to the security standard. Another part of the question, which is a really good call out, is that the ISO 27701 privacy standard has also been mapped towards a lot of new privacy regulations and laws, definitely the GDPR, as well as, for example, the Brazilian LGBT. And since Microsoft has been behind a lot of the proliferation of the standard, they have also supported in mapping it to the newest laws. So it could be a very, very good standard to align yourself to as a privacy program. And it could be one of those metrics uh, that you can report on in that boardroom discussion. So very much in favor of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I would add that ISACA just recently released a privacy framework that covered the basics. So those of you that are listening to us, go check out that framework on our website, isaka.org, because that would be helpful in guiding you. So uh, we're running out of time here, but I want to kind of ask uh, maybe one, maybe two more questions. How should privacy intersect, if you will, with the security program? I look at privacy and cybersecurity, information security as first cousins. So yeah. in your mind, how should they intersect, if at all? No, I very much agree with that analogy. I would almost call it siblings at this, <laughs> at this okay. stage. Okay. <laughs> because looking as an example at our own internal program, we have moved from ISMS into IMS, which is basically integrated management system where we're doing things very much hand in hand, privacy and security. So if we're assessing vendors, we have a joint assessment and joint vetting process for them from privacy and security perspective. Similar when we're dealing with potential breaches and incidents, we have a joint review and joint workflow for privacy and security. Once you get down that rabbit hole of collaborating with uh, InfoSec teams, you find that there are so many areas where the teams just need to collaborate in order to get that 360 view of what's happening with you know, data transfers. If you're trying to get as a privacy person to do a proper thorough privacy impact assessment, very often you need to understand the privacy risks which the security team can weigh in on. So it's a very beneficial collaboration and I think it's a very much core collaboration to you with your privacy program to eventually maybe start seeking alliances elsewhere. So in my experience, I've used it also as a blueprint for 
then broadening that kind of collaboration towards other compliance teams, procurement, maybe tying it to our ethics team or our ESG team. So it really is one of the core team collaborations who will be there with you in the trenches. And you can then probably use some of that communication method to also apply it to some other teams where you might seek alliances down the line. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think I'll end with this last question that I normally ask everyone. It's a bit of an unfair question because I don't think you have a crystal ball, but maybe you do. So <laughs> my question is, with all these privacy regulations always popping up, what is your prediction? Where are we going with this? You know, maybe in London or globally, you know, what's your prediction for the next five to 10 years? Should we expect to see a lot more regulations or is it going to die down? I am very much certain that there will be more regulations. And I expect that in that time frame, most uh, of the global population will be covered by a dedicated privacy law in some shape or form in their respective jurisdictions. So it's likely that we'll see more comprehensive privacy laws and more stringent privacy laws in terms of the requirements as well as enforcement. That's definitely part of my expectation. The other part of it is that businesses will become more cognizant of the challenge we're facing with the patchwork of privacy laws, which are similar but not quite the same and often going one against the other. So I think, as I mentioned, the automation piece, the ability for us to scale that vision across different jurisdictions while still respecting the individual requirements. That, in my mind, is something that we'll be hopefully able to achieve through automation and through better collaboration between those teams that I mentioned, privacy, security, IT, marketing. I think we'll need to collaborate in this because the challenge, it's there and it's its pretty amazing, but I'm sure we'll manage. its It's just having the right allies and the right tools for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Paul. Awesome. Thank you. Take care.